What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the In My Prime podcast. Got only two picks for today, but um, wanted to make a podcast anyways, just to give people maybe something to listen to for a little bit. Um, got a short slate. Uh, t- got a short slate tonight. Got a big slate tomorrow, so definitely we'll be back tomorrow with that. Um, so yeah, I'll give out the two plays, and then maybe I'll spend a little bit of time talking about some leans or how I'm approaching uh, a couple of the late games because I don't have any plays for the late game, so I'll probably do something like that. Anyways, uh, first play that I have is Emmanuel Quickly over 25.5 points plus assists. I played that at minus 120 at DK. And I probably would play it to 26.5, but just don't lay more than like minus 110, minus 115. So, for Quickly, he's in line for a massive role now without Siakam. Last game against the Heat, he recorded 26 points and assists. Um, He had 13 potential assists. And that was despite shooting 6 for 16 from the floor, so it wasn't efficient. And he only played 30 minutes due to a blowout. He had 17 and a half, so um, I don't know if like 30, 33, 36 minutes or something to expect if it's a close game. But I do expect it to be a close game uh, playing Chicago, two pretty equal teams. So yeah, Um, if you dig a little bit deeper, last game quickly, he had a 28.2% usage rate, which is like massive. Um, In general, without Pascal, since he's joined the Raptors, Quickly has a 26.5% usage rate anyway. So, um, yeah, guys, with, which, like him, RJ, Scotty are going to absolutely dominate the ball here and moving forward too. So, um, Quickly with a 23% plus usage rate and 30 plus minutes this year, uh, he's recorded 31, 31, 28, 31, 24, and 26 points and assists. So, I think that's, what is that, <laughs> 5 out of 6? Yeah, 5 out of 6 hit rate when he gets good usage. And um, I just want, like, a reminder is last year without Jalen Brunson, he played 14 games, and um, I think his usage might be a little bit less than it was then. But I just want to remind everyone that, like, without Brunson last year, 14 games, so decent size sample size, he averaged 25.8 points and 6.4 assists. So... Um, when he is like a very, very capable guy of taking on a massive role and putting up elite, elite numbers with that. So, um, he's just not some like random bum who's getting a ton of usage. Like he's like a damn good player. And when he gets, when he gets the ball in his hands a lot, he delivers more than not, at least. (laughs) Um, so if you just look at like Rob point guard versus bold numbers, um, it does seem like a very tough matchup. That's because they have Alex Crusoe, obviously. Um, Alex Crusoe, one of the better on-ball point-of-attack defenders in the league, and he'll oftentimes take the best point guard, the opposing point guard, um, who's like an elite scorer or not. But I was thinking about it, and I could be wrong here. The Bulls, they start Kobe White, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Caruso, and Vucevic. So, Kobe White, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, like, do you really want to put those guys on Scotty Barnes? Like, way, DeRozan's not athletic, or DeRozan's just not a good enough defender, not quick enough at this point to guard Scotty. Kobe White, Levine, too small. Uh, I get that Caruso's not tall, but he's just, like, very strong defender for his size, especially. I, I really think that Caruso's, like, the best and logical um, 
matchup for Scotty. So if that's the case, um, obviously that's good because maybe Scotty has a rough game. But then I think that quickly really does get like a Levine or Kobe White here. So yeah, point guard versus Go Bulls matchup. I mean, it's not been good, but like a lot of that's just because Caruso's uh, like a lot of the best scores, best perimeter scores are guards, and Caruso usually takes them. So. Um, yeah, fully expect Crusoe to take Barnes here. Could be wrong, but that's just how I how I think what I think makes sense. Um, get up to getting into the matchup with the Bulls uh, as a team. So the last 15 games, like the Bulls all year, um, they've been like a massive perimeter funnel. So last 15 games, the Bulls they allow the fewest points in the paint, but they allow like a ton of threes. It's been like that all year. They really pack the paint. Um, the three guys on this Raptors team who are going to dominate the ball, dominate usage are. Quickly, Barnes and Barrett. Uh, Barnes and Barrett, obviously Barnes has improved his range a little bit, but Barnes and Barrett, for the most part, are very like point-reliant or paint-reliant on their scoring. Um, so, yeah, man, quickly, like he can score from all three levels. Great in the mid-range, great from deep. Um, good, Really good floater game and all that. So, um, I just think that like this matchup suits quickly like way, way better than RJ and Scotty. And obviously without Pascal, like, Usage is going to be insane. Shot volume should be insane. Um, yeah, man, I, I just think that this line is a little bit low. I think that as games go on, is it maybe like in a week or two now, we see quickly start to have like 22 and a half, 23 and a half lines, uh, just points straight up. So, and maybe even the assist too. So yeah, man, uh, quickly, I think that books are a little bit slow to adjust his role. I actually like the matchup for him. I don't think he draws Crusoe and you got to be able to, score from the outside to be able to put up good numbers against the Bulls. So favors him a lot more than Scotty and RJ. All right. Second play, um, I went with an under here. I took Shea Gilgis-Alexander under 31.5 points. I get that it's scary. He uh, actually hits its line a lot. But Shea, um, if you remember a couple nights ago, he was a game-time decision because of a right knee sprain uh, against the Lakers. Then he went on to play the back-to-back against the Clippers, and then they have one day off, and now um, they play Utah. So he's playing on a right knee sprain. This will be his third game on four nights on it. Uh, he just really hasn't been himself the past couple games. I mean, he's put up 24-19 points. That's his third and fifth worst scoring outputs of the year. So I think that the knee is, like, seriously bothering him. I mean, maybe it's uh, screwing up his, like, elevation on his shots or just... It's like explosiveness or something like that. But yeah, man, it seems to like right knees, like knee sprains are no joke. And Shea seems to be playing through it and really hasn't been too good in the two games he has played through it. So, and then couple that with like three, uh, third games of four nights, I don't think that it's had much time to heal up. So, yeah, man, I think that the knee, knee, um, issue for Shea might be a, might be a problem for him tonight. Uh, Utah, so they're actually like a tough matchup on clear-cut number ones. Like, Will Hardy, he will double the hell out of guys who are like clearly, clearly the number one options, and that is what Shea is on the center team. Um, looking back at a couple logs, so a couple recent clear-cut number one options versus Utah, Anthony Davis, without LeBron, he only had 15 points, which is like crazy low. Giannis, without Dame, only had 25 points. And then Maxi without Embiid also only had 25 points. So, like, these guys, I'm sure, like, Giannis without Dame probably had, like, a 33.5 line, you know? I'm 80 without LeBron probably had, like, a 30.5, 31.5 line. 
Maxi without Embiid probably had like a 30 and a half, 31 and a half line or something too. So all these guys just soaring under. Um, I've watched a little bit of Utah basketball and like they really will just like send the double teams. It's um good for us and probably a good a good scheme too because if you can limit shame, probably limit the Thunder team. Uh, Utah at home, like I've talked about this recently, they're like Utah's a good team. They're playing good basketball, but Utah at home, they're seventh in defensive rating over their last 15 games. Um, Shea, he's under this line in only 18 out of 39 games, so we don't really have a good hit rate going for us. But like he's always right around this line, so he's had 34 or less in 29 out of 39. So it's not like he's soaring over this. You know, it's like he's always like like a couple buckets away. Um, either or, whether it's going over or going under. So yeah, man, just given the knee issue that he seems to be playing through, uh, coupled with, like, I know like a ton of double teams are about to be sent his way, like, Will Hardy's going to have a plan to make it super tough for him. Like, he's the type of coach to, like, be intense with it too and just make it really, really tough for Shea. So yeah, man, just with those two factors going uh, going against him, I see it tough for him to get 32. Uh, I think he'll probably be around, like, the 20, 28 points mark or something like that. But, yeah, man. Um, Shea, Gildas, Alexander, under 31.5 points, minus 105 at DK, is a second play. Um, I'm just going to spend a couple of minutes now talking about the TNT game for tonight because, you know, I'm sure people want to put some bread down on that and have something to sweat out. So it's actually a pretty shitty game. Uh, Memphis is in Minnesota. Minnesota, they're elite at home. I think they have one home loss the whole year. Uh, Twelve and a half point spread. So I'm going to quick break this, ga- this game down for a little bit. Uh, Memphis, they're completely depleted. Um, if you look at their last game, Jaron Jackson shot like four for 20. But the fact that he's shooting so damn bad, still got up 20 shots. Imagine if he was shooting the ball good, right? So this dude is just absolutely looking to score, looking to score, looking to score. Um, he's surrounded by guys like Luke Kennard, who really if can't be like a top option. You know, he's like a, oh, this guy got double team swing, swing. I'm going to shoot it every time. Like, he's not good when he has to have more responsibility. Um, also, like, Xavier Tillman, zero usage type of guy. Um, brutal matchup with Gobert. Other starter for Memphis, I believe, is Vince Williams, who is someone who is, like, interesting to me. I think his 11 and a half line's a bit low. And he's also been ha- he's also averaged 13 potential assists the last two games. So I think like a PA line on Vince Williams is interesting, and uh, I might give that a little bit of consideration too down the line. Another thing I want to talk about is on the Minnesota side of things. Anthony Edwards he was questionable last game against the Pistons. Um, like seemed like a pretty game time decision. Uh, it's a back to back, and I know it's a prime time game at home, so maybe that can incentivize Minnesota not to rest, but. It just wouldn't completely surprise me if um, Minnesota rests someone. Because at home against this shitty-ass Memphis team, like, do they need to play Gobert? Like, they could easily get a win without Gobert. They could easily get a win without Conley. We saw Gobert and Conley rest on back-to-backs the other day. So I, I don't know what to expect. I think I might just wait till tip. Also, I think that maybe some Grizzlies and bench options aren't a terrible look guy like David Roddy, maybe, um, Gigi Jackson, he's been awesome, but, but, yeah, man, um, I could definitely see this one being a blowout, don't mind Grizzlies bench options if you want to take an over, um, I kind of like Xavier Tillman's under points and rebounds, I think it's at 15 and a half, which might seem like absurdly low for a center, who's probably going to be around 30 minutes a competitive game, 
But, um, man, it's just like he is like a terrible rebounder. Like, Gobert, he's going to have a field day. I think Gobert over on rebounds is a good look, but I do have a bit of concern about the blowout. So, stayed off that for, uh, for now. And let's see, is there anything else? Yeah, Jaron Jackson <laughs> literally took 14 shots from deep. Um, his three point line is plus money at two and a half. Um, but yeah, guys, like, so he took 20 shots despite only making four. Like, if he makes a couple early, he might be taking like 24 shots or something like that. Uh, I would expect a lot of them to come from deep just because of the Gobert effect, you know? So, two and a half threes for plus money. I think Jaron Jackson, I think that's a pretty good look as well. And uh, yeah, Vince Williams as well. Maybe David Roddy off the bench. Um, anything else I'm looking at? Anthony Edwards at 25 and a half. He will go over this line. If you could guarantee me that he plays like fucking, <laughs> you guarantee me that this game's not a blowout. I mean, he's going to probably go over that. I think that cat is sneakily in like a kind of a bad rebounding spot. Um, I'd assume he takes Jaron Jackson and just like, you don't want to be back at someone to get 10 rebounds when they're defending on, like, the perimeter, defending drives that much, uh, and especially with blowout risk, too. So I think Cat under 9.5 rebounds. I mean, Gobert probably should just, like, grab all of them anyways. <laughs> so that makes sense to me. Um, yeah. That's going to do it for this podcast. Uh, this podcast is probably a little bit underwhelming. I get it. I get it. Not much fun. I only have two plays. I think that there's a lot to wait for. Uh, Halberd might play tonight, too. I think he, it's in Sacramento, so that'll be a fun game, but don't really have much lines. Don't know if Halberd is going to play. That affects everything if you play, so I didn't even dig into that. But, um, yeah, I'll be back tomorrow. Should be a more fun uh, episode. Definitely we'll try to have a guest on since it is a bigger slate on Friday. And, yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, if you enjoyed this, make sure to leave five stars on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever. And yeah, best of luck on your bets today. Y'all have a good one.